I'm Tucker, and this is Seamplay. On this episode, we're moving into a new arc, and the name of the game and the arc is going to be Mars Colony. Mars Colony is a game by Tim Kopang, who works at, well, doesn't work at, his game studio is tckroleplaying.com. You should go there. He writes really, really good games. And I should put it up front that this is one of my favorite role-playing experiences I think I've ever had. And it's a great place to start if this is your first time listening to the podcast. And with that out of the way, I should let you know that we drag on a little bit with exposition. So if you want to skip right into the meat of the game, you can listen to our introductions of ourselves and the game, and then go to about minute 17, and you should hear me giving a vignette about Mars. And with all that, I'll see you on the other side. Hey, we're here. We're going to play a game called Mars Calling, which is by Tim Copenhagen. Copang? Copang. Tim Copang. And I guess I'll just introduce myself. I'm Tucker. I'm the host of this podcast. And I'm Quinn. I am not the host of this podcast. Notably. (laughs) All right. And so we've done a lot of the prep work for this game already off mic. And so we're just going to go over it quick. And in terms of an overview, Mars Colony is, in the words of Tim, a role-playing game for two players about personal failure and government. And so what that means is Mars Colony is currently a colony that is failing. And Kelly Perkins, who is played by Quinn, Quinn. that person, is here to save it. And Quinn, you want to tell us a little bit about Kelly? Yeah, sure. So Kelly is a really, really accomplished Earthling. Uh, to clarify, all the characters involved in this story are humans, and, uh, but we'll, we may we'll may be using the terms Earthling and Martian to distinguish the people living on each planet. Um, this is the first I've heard of this, but I'm very okay with it. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So Kelly, um, Kelly Perkins, she graduated when she was 16 from Princeton University, and she went on to get an MBA and a PhD by the time she was 18. And so Kelly's a very, very accomplished young woman. She's almost 30 now, and she has really, really distinguished herself in the world of geopolitical consulting. So she has been part of the great second industrial revolution of China, also known as the technological autocratic revolution. Yeah, she played a huge role in the demilitarization of uh, a couple of threatening dictatorships in Africa. And she overall has distinguished herself a lot. She's not really a family woman. Um, she has had some sort of some tumultuous relationships in her life, often based on, you know, a uh, unwillingness to sacrifice any part of her very, very intense career for partners however that said kelly perkins does have a child okay so kelly perkins has recently been assigned as the consultant for mars situation so mars the colony on mars was established by the mars colony council or is currently ruled by and 
uh, well, that's part of the government governing body, but it was established by a group of top scientists and uh, politicians from the Earth Coalition. So a coalition of different leading countries in on Earth sent and established a colony on Mars. This colony was supposed to be a sort of utopia um, with all the greatest technological advances with lots of scientific resources, but it has not been doing so well, to say the least. So Kelly is... Uh, one of the Earth Coalition's now really serious efforts to rejuvenate and repair some of the issues in the Mars colony, which are strikingly terrible. <laughs> and so she is acting as um, the consultant for Earth to Mars. Um, and she is also acting with a great deal of like pretty much individual sovereignty to decide how some problems go she has a lot of power but obviously there's a lot of governance as mars as on mars as well as the people of mars as well as the earth coalition but she represents a huge part of the governing bodies of the planet earth it's correct me if i'm wrong yeah no and so she also has a child chloe perkins so chloe perkins also attended princeton university and managed to get in with quite a bit of work from sat tutors and other uh, extra resources that Kelly may not have needed, but dropped out of Princeton because she was so afraid of living in her mother's shadow. And when she was 18, she went on to go to a much smaller school and pursued a degree in geology. She was offered a position in the original colonization of Mars to be one of the geologists who explored the planet Mars. However, this was not exactly the correct description of her position, and she was not made aware of it completely until she got to Mars. But after extensive back, you know, background checks, she was discovered for her distinct charisma and her persistence. And her real responsibility was and is to walk Mar around Mars, walk alone on the surface of Mars. This is because at a point only a few years before the original colonization of Mars by the Earth Coalition, a group of very difficult to track private citizens made their own small group. They, there are many rumors about them. Some people like to throw around words like New World Order or radical utopians. Either way, they were all very rich, became rich off of technology, were pushing groundbreaking research forward, and decided to attempt to set up their own utopia on Mars. Chloe Perkins was chosen as one of the representatives of the Mars colony to attempt to engage in contact with these others, with these other colonists, and... They are very, very reserved and quite isolationist. And so to do that, she walks the surface of Mars, sometimes drives the surface of Mars, and searches for them, but is also waiting for them to come to her because she knows that when they want to, they have the resources to find her. Should I talk about Chloe's problem or not yet? Uh, we can we can leave that up yeah. in the air for now. We know that we know by the game that Chloe does have a problem. And that problem is addiction, and we'll bring that up uh, later in the course of the game. 
in terms of describing the colony more, a couple things that we want to think about is that the colony is divided generally into three parties. We have the yellow party, the blue party, and the red party. The dominant party, the party that has control of the colony council, the party that the majority of the Mars colony is a part of, is the blue party. And the blue party is first and foremost not interested in having Earth be involved in the Mars colony. The blue party is not isolationist per se. They don't mind emigration into the Mars colony and think that in a lot of ways it is a beneficial thing, though in some ways it is not, which we'll get into later. They in general are trying to make the Mars colony of its own separate state with its own currency, a whole lot of other things going on. And they are mostly opposed by the Red Party. That's not to say that the Red Party isn't isolationist. In fact, the Red Party is more isolationist than the Blue Party. The Red Party would prefer that there are no more people emigrating into Mars. And the Red Party is also very interested in the people that originally came to Mars being a higher class. Have we decided on that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the people in the Red Party are more important. The people who were originally on the planet are the most important. And all these new people coming are no longer worth considering or should not be given any status based on where they came before. And the Red Party is a minority party, but they still have a significant presence. Yeah, and that's as opposed to the Yellow Party. And the Yellow Party is a much more globalistic, or I guess solar systemistic <laughs> party in that they want more Earth. They want the Earth and Mars to be considered closer to a whole. They want free trade. They want be, they want the ability to have a state that encompasses both Earth and the red planet and that works together towards the benefit of humanity in a lot in a lot of ways and starting to erase some of the capitalistic pressures that have hurt a lot of people in the past. And especially in regards to some of the issues that the other parties are working on, the Yellow Party firmly believes that uh, all people should be given equal status and equal access to the uh, resources of the Red Planet. But it is, remains to be seen that they are certainly not even a minority. They are a fringe group. They are not really considered to be a major force except for a couple of very prominent speakers. Mm. One of them is Evan Bale. And Evan works in the News Network Corp. And he is a writer. He writes the, he writes the news and is not overt about what he is doing and so has not been pushed out of his position yet, but he is very, very good at presenting news and spinning news so that anything that would appear to support the idea of being isolated on the colony or that would support a more or a less unified Earth and Mars he can do it. He's really, really good at that. And he is one of the only reasons 
that Mars has not completely cut itself off from Earth at this time. He's managed to keep public opinion at the point where there are still things that are worth having in terms of Earth. Earth is still very important to the Mars colony. In terms of other offices that are around, we have the mayor's office, which is run by Mayor Yang, and we have the Earth Coalition, which are, is a group of people who are collected, connected to the Earth and helped found the colony originally. All right. And so we said Mayor Yang. We said the Earth Coalition and what that is. And finally, there's the Colony Council, which is the set of five council members who are the final say in what happens on the colony. Mm. In term, there are three p- problems that are leading towards the colony's collapse. Uh, Quinn already talked about the others, which is those group of, uh, of others, the other people who came to Mars before the Mars colony who are set in their ways of trying to become a radical utopia that is separate from the rest of the world. The other two problems have to do with transportation and and labor. The problem with transportation is that it is very hard to get from one place to another. Fuel is a scarce research resource on Mars and it takes a lot of effort to get from one of the domes to another of the domes. And so that is leading to even more separation between peoples even within the colony and that is leading towards people not being able to talk to their loved ones without it being at great expense and that also leads to ideologies being able to fester in their own place you're going to live with the people in the dome who agree with you and so there's probably one yellow dome there's probably a lot of blue domes and there's probably a fair number of red domes And each of these domes have their own thoughts and they can communicate over wavelength. They can communicate through the television, but they rarely see each other face to face. And then there's the labor. So the, the issue with labor is an issue that is deeply tied to some of the issues that all of the parties are taking up. And the issue with labor involves the intention of the original colonization of Mars, which was not to create a paradise for the the wealthiest people, but was actually to bring a class of people that would be able to advance the interests of the colony in a variety of ways. So a lot of it was very skilled labor, scientists and trained scientists, but there are also a cl- there's also a class of manual laborers, builders, people who are responsible for the maintenance of the Mars colony and the domes. These are also largely engineers. So they are very skilled people, but are not necessarily being compensated monetarily. The the finan- the monetary economy of Mars is not so similar to the monetary economy of Earth, and because of the nature of the colony on Mars, It was built originally to sustain what was a rather moderately sized or modestly sized group of individuals in a pretty equal way. They're all provided with atmosphere, food, and water, especially while they founded the colony and created a precedent for what the colony should be. But when the colony officially opened its doors to the public, the people from Earth who were able to come to the colony were often a wealthy 
group of elite individuals who may not have a lot of labor that they were they are able to contribute to the colony. And so the population grows without the workforce growing. And that means that the original founders and largely some of their families, if they have families that are growing on Mars, have to be the ones who are sustaining a growing population of people. So this increases the workload and there are a lot of issues about the people the the labor is not really gaining anything from the from the elite class of new immigrants into Mars because they are largely investing into themselves into their own private property the their investment is not really going into the public domain uh, well the laborer's labor is directly going to support these elite and so that is one of the issues with labor as labor is not growing but the population is growing so that dragged uh, is the thing we're going to say. Like we, we said a lot of things mm-hmm. that may or may not come up. And so what I'm thinking right now is going to happen is I'm going to keep that in, but I'm going to say there's another mark at which you can start and that will be the start of the action and the start mm. of the written game. And so the way the game starts is a vignette the Savior opens play by narrating a vignette that introduces Kelly Perkins. The Savior should establish Kelly's background, qualifications, and the relationship with the Earth Coalition. Remember that Kelly was chosen by the Earth Coalition above all other people on Earth to remedy the colony's problems. And then we're going to start. But I'll start by doing a vignette of the Mars colony mm. and, ju- and just hit, hit a couple things, and then we'll have you introduce Kelly. So let's start far away from the red planet so this is mars and as we're told in the book mars is 35 million miles from earth a year is 1.88 earth years it takes 24.62 hours for a day the atmosphere is 96 percent carbon dioxide the surface pressure is only one percent of earth's atmosphere so imagine just lightness there's no force on you there's a natural outward pressure in humans and other species evolved on earth to protect themselves but if they were on mars there would be a pressure outward on your skin that you don't normally feel so think of that and think of the gravity which is only about 40 percent of earth's so you can jump higher everything feels a little lighter and you move a little bit smoother And the temperature outside is cold. It can be almost negative 220 degrees Fahrenheit. But when the sun is facing it, it can be 70 degrees. It can be a nice day on Earth, or it can be colder than anywhere. The highest peak is Olympus Mons, which is 16.8 miles. And dust swirls, always. So this is Mars. And... For a long time, it was untouchable to humans. Yeah, we'd send probes out. Yeah, we could every once in a while get a glimpse at it with a rover who would slowly move across until it died or broke or somehow was rendered inoperable. But that's changed. There's a colony on Mars now. And this colony was established by the Earth Coalition, this group of people who decided that we needed to stretch our arms out into space, that we needed to reach into a new place. 
And so we made these domes, all these different domes filled with people, a lot of them the best and brightest scientists, some of them common laborers. And they've worked in the Mars colony for a long time, 15, 20 years now. They have established their own economy. Things are good. But the problem is that there are people coming into the Mars colony. There's so many people coming into the Mars colony and people, and we don't know what to do about it. And so we have the blue party who thinks, let them come, but let us stay separate from the grasp of earth. We have the red party who wants the people who showed up first to be the ones who have the first crack at everything that want to stop the immigration into the red planet. And we have the yellow party who is almost unseen. There's so few of their members and they they want to open up things back to earth. They want everybody to work together. They want a new socialist state that encompasses everything. But it doesn't look like they're going to get what they want. And so we're limited. And these divisions that come between people have gotten stronger and stronger because there's crisis. There's multiple crises in Mars colony that are tearing it apart. The cars don't work. We don't have the fuel for them. So it costs an arm and a leg if you want to get from one dome to another. So the domes become locked in their parties. They become a yellow dome or a blue dome or a red dome. And then there are other things to consider. There are the people who come in with all their wealth and ignore all the work that people have done to make it possible for them to live on Mars. And they continue to ignore those people as the people who originally came on Mars, those who were originally of the red soil, who make their pipes work, who keep the dome from shattering, who grow their food. And then there's something else. And we see a vehicle, a rover, that has one person on it, alone. And they're driving across the red soil. They're driving, they're looking for something. And we come to another colony and this one's built differently where the domes of the regular Mars colony are perfectly round. These domes are square angular and they've been here longer. You can see them stained with red in a way that these new domes are not. And these are the others and they've been here longer than we have. They're people, they're rich people who wanted to build some utopia and we try to contact them, but it's hard and we zoom in on the visor of this person, of Chloe, as she's called. And she's worried. She takes a quick breath out of a tube that strays, that looks like it's bent into her vision, and her eyes glass up a little bit. And she steals herself to go and talk to these others. And then we cut to somebody who looks like Chloe, looks very, very similar to Chloe, in fact, but is older, is much older. While Chloe is probably 22, 23, this woman is in her mid-40s. And she steps out of a spaceship. Her name is Kelly Perkins. She comes and is brought onto a rover into the central dome, dome ruled by the Blue Party and is put out on stage to thunderous applause. All the people living in the dome, and anyone who could afford another, 
has stepped in to see this moment. Kelly Perkins. People call her savior, bringer of wealth, maybe even prophet. She is an almost saintly figure as she stands at the podium and makes an announcement to the people of the Mars colony. I am honored to be here today before you. When I first started working on Earth as a mere political consultant, I never dreamed that a day like this would come. I was always representing the interests that I believed in, but still I was representing the interests of governments, of, of governments on Earth, of nations, nations who were acting in their own interests, and nations who were often looking for money. Today, I am acting in the interests of the Earth Coalition, representing the entire planet Earth for the interests of the people. The people of Earth, and especially the people of Mars, whose bright future which I have never doubted. She pauses. Will soon be renewed. We, the Earth Coalition, are here to heal the, the Mars colony and to bring to it the original vision that the founders once had that it would be a place of both scientific and intellectual advancement, a place of joy and of community, where people could live on the red planet together in good health. And that is why I am here for you today. You've heard, I'm sure, about my biography, and you don't need to hear it here, but you know that the Earth Coalition has chosen me to act as consultant for the Colony Council and the Mayor's Office and all other arms of the Mars Colony in order to help repair this colony. Thank you. And soon, look forward to a bright future. Kelly steps off the stage her hands shaking. She's sweating backstage and has a drink of water, almost faints, and goes to see her home. Kelly graduated from school when she was very young, and her parents pushed her and pushed her and pushed her to be the best that she could, and she did. She had a PhD by the time that she was 20. She was working in political consulting with the United States president when she was 24, and she was able to use her concern for humanitarian issues to sway great global decisions towards what she hoped was the side of good. And now, she was the consultant for Mars from Earth. This was a position 
that had never before existed in human history. And she didn't know if she would be able to match up to it. Awesome. So if it wasn't clear, I am going to play the governor, which is I am playing the opposition functionally to Kelly Perkins. And Kelly Perkins, played by Quinn, is here to save Mars Colony. And we're going to see if she's able to do it. So she probably won't. <laughs> the, the odds don't look good. <laughs> All right, so I'm now going to choose a type of scene to play, and we can either play a personal scene or an opposition scene. And the difference between them is that a personal scene is going to focus on Kelly Perkins's own life and her personal struggles, and but they don't have these scenes don't have anything to do with the politics of the Mars Colony, whereas opposition scenes are moments where colony politics or the lead up to a direct threat will set the stage for Kelly to take action. So as soon as you start narrating what you're doing to solve an opposition scene, then we move directly into a progress scene. Mm. So your scene moves directly into mine once it becomes, once you establish what the right. issue yeah, is. Yeah, in terms of opposition. But we're not going to start with opposition, I don't think. I think we're going to start with a personal scene. And I think nothing in the book that says that Kelly needs to be in her personal scenes. So I think this could be a short scene. And we're going to go back to Chloe. Mm-hmm. And Chloe is, again, just a little off, a little slow, a little numbed to the world. She pulled something out of that broken tube in her helmet. And she's walking. Now, she got out of her little red rover and is just looking out on Mars, looking for somebody, anybody. But nobody shows up. And so she gets back in her little rover and drives back. And that's that's that scene. Hmm. Now do I... Yeah. get to do a scene mm-hmm. so you can either do a progress scene which is when you're actively trying to nurse the colony back to health or you can do another personal scene and i can start a progress scene without you starting an opposition scene correct, correct. yeah if there's yeah if there's something you see that you want to fix which we've certainly set that up you can go ahead and do that all right so i think we'll do a progress scene all right and in this scene Kelly is having a discussion with Councilmember Tanya. So, Councilmember Tanya has approached Kelly. She has held, had a, um, not an, a day of open forum, but she had a, a town meeting almost in her dome, the dome that she currently resides in, where people could come in and approach her. And many, many people did, airing their qualms, some screaming, some many praising. Um, And then she toured the mayor's office, the colony council, and even the television network corporation, um, talking with people. So when she was in the colony council, council member Tanya approached her. Um, Council member Tanya has in the past been a very outspoken member of the Red Party. 
And so Councilmember Tanya brought to her in an incredibly poignant way the issue that Kelly had heard from many, many people at the at her open meeting. Now, it seems that there might have been a group organizing to bring those issues specifically to Kelly. And Ta- Tanya walks up. Tanya is short, much, much shorter than Kelly, which is not to say that Kelly is very tall. It's just that Tanya is very short. and But she's built like a wrestler. She's terrifying. She has short black hair and she's of Russian descent and sort of muscles her way up to Kelly right, right after a lot of people had moved out. It was just before Kelly was about to leave the central room. And just to give a picture, there's just gray walls everywhere. There's Every once in a while, there's a window where you can see red or space, but the majority of this place is just gray. It's just nothing but sadness mm. or neutrality. Depends on who you are. I hope you, I hope you know that we don't need you, that we don't need you at all. That you think you can come here, you can be the savior, but it's your type. It's your, your type who comes in here bringing money and damn little else that is really destroying this colony. And I hope you know that I, I have a bill in the works that is going to stop all this. I have a bill in the works that we need to put through and that I will put through you if I need to that will stop People like you, people with money, people who aren't bringing any useful skills to the colony, people who are from Earth at all, they shouldn't be allowed to come here to stay anymore. They're working on the backs of our laborers, and that that's just not fair. I, I, I've heard what you've been, been saying from many, many people today. I, and I agree. I, I think that people should be... Uh, people's labor should be not be paid for people who aren't contributing anything to the colony. Uh, do you, is there anyone who comes to the colony who has helped the colony? What, what about more laborers or people who were able to contribute? Those of us who, who came first, that's about it. That's all we need. This was meant to be a self-sufficient place. This was meant to be a place that could run by itself without the fingers of earth coming in here without people coming here to work off the back of our labor you think you think we need that look at us we've kept this place running without any help any money without any materials we got what we needed from the earth coalition we don't need any more this bill might be taking as a little extreme do you think Well, yeah, but extremity is what we need right now. You realize this place is falling apart. You realize why you're here, right? And not that mm. we need you, but it's, it's what people think. And we need to show them that it's not you we need. It's us. Hmm. Okay. Okay, I think in order to make this bill hopefully better received i have a proposal i think if we were to mandate 
that all of the people who have already immigrated start working manual labor, perhaps even some of the least desirable jobs on the colony. Then their outcry would perhaps motivate more of the uh, blue-leaning people to support this bill because of uh, perhaps negative outcry that might be seen for directly contributing to the colony, as well as mandating more people directly contribute to the colony. Hmm. I I can believe that, but how are you going to make that happen? Do you think perhaps we could go through the mayor's office? Do do hmm. I have what's up? Do I have power to just be like mandate? Or no, I'm a consultant. I don't know. Um, yeah, I feel like you don't. Let's look at the book. I think it uses the words almost dictatorial powers, but I could be wrong. No, grand consultant. So you don't have mm-hmm. you don't have real powers. You just have all your personality. Oh, okay. You have well. You have your charisma. <laughs> well, we will have to go through you, I assume. I, I'm i just acting as the consultant, and I don't have any almost dictatorial powers. I simply have the ability of conversation, and I think it would be in your best interest to, before supporting a bill to end immigration, supporting a bill to make immigrants contribute to society on a level that is closer to uh, what the original colonists contribute to society. And that way, if, as you suspect, the immigrants actually don't want to contribute to the colony, then we can see that, and that can be made visible. My impression of what, what I've been briefed on the Blue Party is that it's not really visible to them that the immigrants may be doing that damage to our colony. So I think exposing that in the best way possible is a necessity. Now, if you support this, I would also like to know if there is anyone, any of your compatriots uh, or sympathizers rather in the mayor's office or the News Network Corporation. Well, you could, you could get Spaniel on your side. He... He, he believes in this, and you, you throw your weight onto the council, they'll do what you say. Mm. They'll listen to you. They'll listen to you now. They think you're some goddamn hero. Mm. And I, I thank you for listening to me. And I didn't think that would go as well. I didn't think you just sort of brushed me off like all, all the all those blues do. Mm. No, I I understand where you're coming from. I think that freeloaders are a bane. You know, I really think that extreme measures need to be taken to preserve this colony. There are some real serious threats here, and this strikes me as one of them. All right. Well, I'll float the bill, and we'll see what happens. Mm. Okay. So you want you want to describe how the dice work in this system? Yes. So in this system... We roll two dice to figure out what Kelly's score is. So, I roll two dice. And these two dice, I add them up, 
And I either have the option after a roll to quit and take the points that I have as health points contributing to the total number. I need 40 points on an issue to stabilize it. So I have the option to either quit and take those points or to roll again. I can roll as many times as I like, but the catch is that if I ever roll a one, it's a failure. So, but 40 points is a lot of points and we only have nine scenes. So in order to actually stabilize the issues on Mars, it's important that I push my luck to gain more and more points. So I'm gonna roll. And here we have a four and a six. So it's 10. So what goes, this is pretty good. So I'd say the bill passes, right? Yeah. So Tanya puts the bill, it gets through the colony council. The mayor puts it into effect and all these newly mint, all these newly minted Martians are forced into basically working, working the same way that all these other Martians work. They're put into programs where they're taught how to maintain the pipes. They're taught how to fix the dome. They're taught how to grow their food and, and they're made to do it. Mm. And how long do you think they're doing this? Uh, I would say 40 hours a week. Yeah. They're made to have a full work week in the yeah. same way that is mandated of other laborers. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, they're starting to complain is, so the question is, does Kelly push her lock? Does she push this program to go further and start thinking about that next bill? Yeah. Kelly, I think tries to expand the pilot of the program as well as, uh, look for the next bill. So that's a, that's a three and a four. So seven. it's a seven. So now you're at seven, 17. 17, which is pretty damn good for one project. So what happens? So the pilot, what was originally a one month pilot experiment is pushed to, uh, because of its success, uh, you know, we saw more resources being allocated, better repairs on the domes, um, because of its success, as well as a uh, feeling of less, uh, more of a feeling of satisfaction among the usually loud and somewhat dissident red party or angry red party. Um, so this program is pushed into an official mandate as well as a bill to temporarily suspend all immigration to Mars uh, is pushed forward and is approved. I would say that the blue party is starting to murmur about this. I mean, they're not, they're super, they're super not fans of what's going, of what's going on here. And that's not, they're not able to oppose it because they have enough people who have been really unsatisfied with the waves of immigration. And they have enough people who can see that, this work is important, but they really don't like the idea of totally ending travel. But just through the sheer for- force of Kelly's personality, she was able to put this bill through. Mm. And I guess the question is, does she trust her luck again? Or does she sit with that temporary ban for now? Kelly is feeling very good about the fact that she has made all this progress and... She's starting to have some inflated sense of confidence. Rightly so, it seems. That's six and four. That's another ten. So I, w- I would say that she, she gets the bill. 
I mean, she shuts immigration. And while there's the pilot program starts to peter out towards the end and you start to get people using their money who were immigrants before to sort of weasel their way out of it, there is no more emigration into Mars mm-hmm. whatsoever. There are technicians who come and work for a little bit, but they have to leave within two weeks. And the situation is changing. And for a lot of people, there are very few voices who are speaking out against this. And maybe it's for the best of the colony. What? what how does Kelly feel right now? Kelly feels quite accomplished. Kelly is almost un, unbelieving of herself that she was able to, on the first day in the colony, diagnose one of what seems to be the biggest issues of the colony and solve it, and or it seems solve it, produce some sort of solution that looks to be impacting the short term. And some people say, like Tanya, the long-term sustainability and health of the colony. So Kelly... Uh, at this point, is quivering with delight. She's celebrating in her house. She's she's drinking quite a bit, and uh, she ultimately is going to let this ban rest and see how it goes. She's uh, has surpassed her own expectations for herself, knowing the situation of the colony was this dire. Yeah. All right. So labor is now at twenty-seven health. Looks like everybody's working together right now. Yeah. Which is exciting, very exciting for the Red Party. Yeah. And I think we might want to think about now. So we have different levels for the different parties. So Blue Party is the dominant, was the dominant party at the beginning of the game. Right. Red Party was a minority and the Yellow Party was fringe. Mm. I would say the Blue Party's probably lost steam and the Red Party has probably become the dominant party. Yeah. Given I would say that. what we've just heard. So we can go ahead and switch that now. All right, now it's my turn. So this time I think I'm going to do an opposition scene. So how how long do we think we've been on the call? We've been here? I would say... Or not we, Kelly. Close to four months. Three right. or four months. Yeah, so three or four months. And I would say as we're seeing this political drama unfold, I would I would imagine this game to be taking place in a sort of it's basically a house of cards show in, in a lot of ways and in every episode we spend a little bit of time with chloe just circling the wastes mm. and one day chloe comes back and this time instead of being alone she's followed by a single large gas truck and she brings a message and she goes into the network corp and she talks to the network chief. She has a big announcement to make. The network chief is Serena. I can't read this writing. Pannon. Serena Pannon. And basically gets to put her message on the air. And she takes over for the lead anchor who is Jose Williams. And in a special announcement to the Mars Colony. This is... So, I have some news. 
She's nervous. She isn't normally on TV. I was out in the waste earlier and I contacted the others. I met them. They're not, they're nice people. And well, you know how we can't get around. Well, they have a solution for that, but, but they present it at only one condition and that condition is that anybody who would like to use their fuel to be able to get around on this planet needs to join them and needs to work in their utopia and leave this colony. They say that, she looks at her hand, she has some writing on it, that this colony is corrupt and morally bankrupt and follows only to the whims of the earth and specifically to the whims of Kelly, Kelly Perkins. And that Kelly Perkins is a scourge and that Kelly Perkins is the reason that this colony is going to fail and that if we want to continue to live on Mars, that the consortium for the continuance of human prosperity in the outer planets is the only place to be. If you wish to come, I'm going to be at Dome 7, and I, I have fuel, and I can lead you there. They also say that anybody who follows us who is government-affiliated will be shot and killed. Yeah. And we cut away from the screen. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Again, the game we played was Mars Colony, which is by Tim Copang. You can find all of his works at tckroleplaying.com. And if you like the show, go ahead and leave a rating on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at scene underscore play. You can find me on Facebook. And the best way to get in contact with me is to email me at sceneplaypod at gmail.com. And otherwise... Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. We'll have the next episode coming out next week. And tonight, I don't have a poem for you because it took me a really long time to get that last take on piano. I am very poor pianist. Let's not go into it. But next week, we will have a poem for you. And I can tell you for certain that Quinn has a poem for you for the week after that. So I hope you guys look forward to that. And we'll be back next week. See ya.